Welcome to AUSA's Membership Matters podcast. This podcast series is designed to help you get the most out of your AUSA chapter experience and to help build a strong sense of community. We educate about what AUSA offers, inform on smart events and opportunities, connect chapters with best practices. Fundraising is one of the most important things your chapter should be doing, but it can be very hard to ask people to donate money. Today, we're talking with several experts at fundraising. Mary Ellen Matheson is a professional fundraising executive with Brand & Buzz. We are also joined by AUSA chapter leaders Bob Foster, who is the chapter president of the Emerald Coast chapter, Colonel Retired Jim Costigan, who is the chapter president of the Major General Harry Green Aberdeen chapter, and Colonel Retired Bob Eulen, vice president of marketing for the Greater Kansas City chapter. Mary Ellen, let's start with you. What's one thing you've learned about fundraising? Well. I find that a lot of people are sometimes intimidated by the word fundraising, and I often find myself in a position of helping them to think differently about it, to help make them feel a little bit less intimidated. At the core of it, fundraising is a process, and you follow the process, and you implement it, and you help people understand that, and they can see that their goals are easier to achieve. And when you see their attitudes change, and they understand that there is a process that can help them reach their goals it can transform an organization. So I love seeing that shift in people's attitudes. And then I love it when the results come in and you can actually see an organization expand a program or start a program and make their mission into a reality. I think it all goes back to your product. And in this case, the product is what AUSA does for the American soldier. So once we're able to get that rock solid message across to the people that we're asking for donations, it's, it, this really turns out to be not that difficult because more and more we're finding that the American public still is behind the army and what it is we're doing and where we're doing it. So a lot of times it's just a matter of uh, uh, getting out into the community and asking for donations and we've not been disappointed. Thanks, Jim. Bob Yulin, what do you think is the most important thing to keep in mind when you're starting to fundraise? First of all, you got to be passionate about what you're doing, and that passion has to be reflected in the stories that you tell. Fundraising is about storytelling. More compelling the story, the better you're going to be at it. But at the end of the day, uh, once you tell your story, you've got to collect the money. You've got to be able to close the sale. And so transitioning into that, I basically you know, don't ask people for money. I ask them to invest in what we're doing. How do you see yourself investing in what we are doing here uh, in this uh, AUSA chapter? And then you talk about some of the things that you're doing because they want their money to produce results. And so you speak about the results that you've achieved and what you hope to achieve in the future with their partnership and with their investment. So it's about building relationships because nobody's going to give money to you if they don't believe that you'll be a good steward of the money and that you won't deliver on the promise. I would say at a high level, fundraising is about building relationships and building trust with people or with people within organizations. So to me, it means that you need to be thinking about the donor throughout the entire process. You want to be transparent about what their gift will be used for how you're going to spend it, and then you want to ensure that you spend the funds in that way that you've marketed. The donor, at the end of the day, is trusting you with their money. They're really getting nothing in return. It's not like buying a pair of shoes. They're trusting you to do what they're hoping that you will do and what you said that you will do. So the trust is really important. 
you want to thank them within a really timely fashion. Typically, it's 48 hours of the gift. Um, and in your, in your thank you, there are certain requirements that you have to include that are, you know, might be state regulated or nationally regulated. But the most important thing is, is thanking them and letting, letting them know that you've received their gift. Um, but it doesn't end there. Bob Foster, you have 50 years of experience in fundraising with nonprofits, and you've raised between $20,000 and $3 million for your effort. That's a lot of money. What's the most important thing that you've learned about fundraising? Uh, one of the, the key things I learned is that raising money is a process, not a moment. And it's easy to go in and, and think you're going give, to give your pitch and walk out with a check. And that leads me to the second thing is, is that the largest donations we ever received, we raised $3 million to build a, a homeless support center in downtown Austin, Texas. And we used something called a two-step ask. So we would go in to meet with the wealthy person or company, and we'd say, uh, Mr. Potential Donor, we don't know your budget. So what we're going to do today is we're going to tell you what we hope to accomplish and what we hope to receive in donations. And then we're going to go away for a week and let you talk with your staff and look at your budget. And then we'll come back in a week and whatever you decide to donate, we really appreciate it. And our donations almost doubled because if we took the check on the first meeting, they would write us a thousand dollar check to make us go away. And so the two, two step ask was really a valuable tool. Wow. That's really, that's a great tip. So fundraising is all about relationships. How have you built strong relationships? Build social capital by giving back to your community. The community is going to contain your donors. And so constantly look for reasons to help other people with no ulterior motive. So, for example, once a week I sit down and I go through LinkedIn and I, and I look up and down the Gulf Coast and I'll find four or five people who've been trying to find a job. And I will reach out and contact them and say, I'm not a staffing agent. Tell me what you're up to. Maybe I'll be able to help you. I placed 20 veterans in August. Okay. So they become my future donors and the companies that I help out become my future donors as well. Bob Yulin, did you have something to add? And it's just about setting yourself up for success, knowing what people give money for, realizing that fundraising is a matter of the head and the heart. The head is about making the business case. The heart is about the passion that people want to help. If you're raising money for wounded warriors, that's not a terribly hard sell, but that's not what we do in the AUSA chapters. So you've got to talk to them about preparing America's sons and daughters to provide the, you know, the security within which we operate. And you have to do it in a compelling way. And you've got to be honest. You've got to be passionate about it. And if you reflect any hesitation or you can't explain to them what you're doing and why you're doing it, people probably won't give you money. So it's about relationship building. And how do you help people get over their fear of asking? <laughs> the bottom line is many people generally want to help. They don't know how, they haven't been asked, but they want to help. And you have to ask them, everyone. <laughs> um, and then you have to be afraid to ask them again. Don't hesitate to go out there and ask for help. And I think you'll be surprised at how eager the American public is to do their part. They know that less than 1% of the American population serves, but they still have a firm sense of patriotism and want to support the American soldier. Reach out to the, the local command. Uh, we're very fortunate here in that all the commanders, command sergeant majors that, that we have spoken to are big supporters of ours. 
and that helps our cause as well because if, if we can tell the the local community what it is we're doing and who it is we're supporting the commanders and the command sergeant majors and their missions that helps people more and more step up to the plate and, and the other thing you'll find is that there's probably more people in your community that had either worn the uniform or have family members that have worn the uniform than you think, and they want to help. Besides raising money, has fundraising done anything else for your chapter, such as increased membership or um, driven your Young Professionals program? We've really been surprised at how many companies, when we ask them, say, absolutely, I'm in. The, the decal on the window, yeah, it, it helps. And they like to put it there be, along with, you know, the Knights of Columbus and other community-oriented organizations that are out there. It does our heart really good to see how much of these organizations just want to be a part of the team. They want to support the American soldier and their families as best they can. What do you believe will help AUSA chapters become more successful in fundraising? Fundraising is a process like, like anything else. And it does, it takes planning you know, a timeline, a schedule, different target audiences. But once you can get something down in writing and put a process in place and bring the people together that need to help make it happen, it, like anything else, can be an easy process to follow. Options are really important. Make sure that they know about the programs and activities that you're supporting. We developed a long list of programs that we supported, and we figured out how much it would cost to support each one. And so when they said, well, what is it I can do for you? You just roll that list out and you say, these are the 10 things that we're trying to do. And this is a cost associated with doing this program. And some might want to underwrite a program or two. A lot of fundraising is actually listening. If you're thinking about building a relationship with a person, it's listening, hearing what they have to say, understanding what motivates them. How do you handle people saying no? Uh, that's a good question. I, I would say 90% of the time, I just say thank you. It, it really surprises me. I ask, uh, would you mind sharing with me why you don't want to donate? Perhaps I haven't laid out the value of what we do. And sometimes they might come back and say, well, like, for example, this just actually happened here in Pensacola. Navy Federal Credit Union and Cox Communications now just recently put formal online systems where an individual can no longer write the check. And so, in fact, Navy Federal said to me, said, Bob, I apologize. I know I gave you $20,000 last year, but you're going to have to go online and, and fill this out and, and just get in the process. So sometimes it's just a logistics reason. Sometimes it's because they just had their budget. And I think the most important takeaway is not to let the answer no get you down and to pick yourself up by your bootstraps the next day and get back out there. If you finally get that courage up to ask someone to give you money and they say no, don't take it personally. They might not have the funds available then. They might have, if it's a corporation, they might have allocated their funds for the year. Or they might love you, love your cause, but it's just not within their priorities at that moment. People generally give to three organizations, and one is typically educational. Back in the flower of my youth, when uh, I was selling for IBM, we had this saying to, to, to keep our spirits up is that statistically, we found out that if we talked to 10 companies, the first nine would tell us no, and the 10th one almost said yes. So every time someone told us no, we were one step closer to the 10th successful ask. And really, the bottom line is, if... People aren't asked in many ways at many different times throughout the year. 
and people don't know about the opportunity, it limits your chances for success. So you can't expect to walk in and somebody's going to write you a check because you're you got this this good idea. You've got to build a relationship to trust because they want to make sure that they're not throwing their money away or that it's going to somebody that doesn't deliver on the promise. And of course, then you have a legal obligation if they give you money for a specific purpose to only use the money for that specific purpose called donor's intent. What is the biggest challenge you've had with fundraising? The biggest problem I think I've had is we go out and we get these corporate partners, but the only time we seem to be knocking on their door is when we're asking them to re-up. What we need to be doing is we need to be building a relationship with them, going out and having a cup of coffee with the president and CEO. How are you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? Listening to them. So first-time donors, typically 70% of them do not give back to an organization because it became a transaction as opposed to a relationship. And even if you do something online, you can still build a relationship by doing what? continuing to keep them updated with e-newsletters, with emails that show the impact of their gift. And if you're not, if you've given to something and you never heard from someone again, you've never heard from this organization again, are you going to give to them again? Are you going to upgrade your gift? No, you're really not. So that's what I mean by there's two ways to continue that relationship. It's by showing them the impact. It can be personal. It can be an e-newsletter. It can be a phone call. Whatever it might be, it depends on the level of the donor. But that, that truly is why. That is why people do not give back, is because nonprofits, and it's a huge problem in the nonprofit world, they, it's, it's an issue that there is not enough relationship building, which doesn't have to be sit-down lunch. It can be an e-newsletter or a phone call. Social media post. And takes a social media post. And it's, so it takes time. That's why at the beginning of all this, I said fundraising is a process. It is, it's not a transaction. It's a process. One of the things that I've, I've tried to institute, and we're not there yet, is for every single community partner that we have, a member of the executive committee becomes that partner's account manager. Let's say it's a car dealership. Well, that account manager establishes a relationship with the general manager of the car dealership, maybe visits periodically, stops in, has a cup of coffee. In other words, don't always go to them with your hand out. Go to them and build a personal relationship. Bob, that's a great suggestion about having someone responsible for maintaining those important relationships in your chapter. Mary Ellen, do you agree? Relationships are the key to fundraising. If somebody gives you money, you have to thank them. You've got to continue to let them know what their money has supported is really important. But it is all it all comes down to relationships. I think in today's society, we've kind of lost the technique of writing to people and sending them letters instead of text messaging or other, to take that extra step and that they receive a thank you note, even a thank you for your time. We hope you'll reconsider. When somebody gives you money, you need to generate a letter and get it to them. I'd say, I call it the 72 hour rule. Somebody gives us $5,000, they're getting a, a, a thank you letter that is their IRS receipt and they're getting it within 72 hours. You do not want to wait to the end of the year to do that. Anyone can give. There isn't just one type of person who will dig deep and give you money for an event, a sponsorship, or a cause, right? There really are there are inherent sort of proven differences between groups of people and their tendency to give. Women respond differently to different fundraising appeals than men do. The younger generation prefer to give online. 
But if you don't communicate and promote the fundraising opportunity, it's going to be really hard to raise the money. Social media is a great venue for promotion. That is great advice. Thank you all for these ideas and suggestions. We're going to take a break and pick up this fundraising conversation on our next podcast. Please check the AUSA Ask Toolkit for more information on making your life as a leader easier.